Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 745. Always be curious. Always ask questions. Ask why and why not. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Bill Pack. Hey, Bill, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Hey, I'm ready, Mark. All right, here we go. Shutters clicking. (laughs) Bill Pack is an automotive photographer in Atlanta, Georgia, who studied at the iconic Brooks Institute of Photography in Santa Barbara, California. His photography is influenced by art and the strong graphic lines of automobiles with a focus on lighting, texture, and design. His move to shooting mostly classic cars started about a decade ago after years of shooting a wide range of subjects commercially. He approaches his subjects with a belief that every car has a story, and in every story there's a narrative and a visual. Collectors and enthusiasts around the world know Bill's images for their elegant looks, strong graphic lines, and his ability to create art through his images. So, Bill, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? All right. Well, thanks, Mark. And first of all, thanks for having me on and really enjoyed your podcast and and honored to be included in this. Thank you. My journey into the car world is is probably different than a lot of other car photographers and car people. Kind of came into it later in life. My background, as you said, I was did uh, advertising in San Francisco for about uh, 20 years, and mostly as a studio photographer, and did food and product um, for a lot of iconic um, brands during that time. Uh, I did do a little bit of automotive photography, but San Francisco at that time was just a real creative hotspot, and the ad community was really strong and was really producing exceptional work. And I was really fortunate to be able to collaborate with a lot of wonderful, talented art directors and agencies. And we kind of pushed each other to produce at our best. But, you know, my first love has always been creating images. And I just, there's something about that creative process. I love to experiment. I just kind of have this sense of wonder and curiosity about lighting and design. And I think that still drives me uh, today. So uh, photographing cars I approach them as, you know, these cars are, they're a work of art. I mean, it's a story of craftsmanship and design, and it's leather meeting metal, and it's, you know, it's just this art. And I get the opportunity to reveal that art and story with my lighting. And, um, you know, I've studied lighting all my life, and I'm really drawn to dramatic lighting that plays off of shadows. I love the Renaissance painters like Carvaggio. You know, you don't see everything. You don't see all the details, but you see what's important. You see what the artist wants you to see, and that creates a mood and emotion. And, and that's what I strive for in my work. Well, mood and emotion defines your work in my mind. I worked in the advertising industry for 11 years and then 20 years in a different company that still brought me back to working with photographers and being an art director and um, working with some very creative people. So when I look at your work, that's exactly what I see. So I'm sitting here smiling as you you describe all of this because 
I'll tell our listeners when you have a chance to go and look at Bill's website, and I'll have a link on his show notes page here at Carjab. Uh, I think you're going to see what we're talking about here. Bill has a very different approach to automotive photography that's just absolutely magical. And so happy to have you here. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah. So, Bill, take the wheel. Okay. I think my quote would be to always be curious. Always ask questions, ask why and why not, and then to um, pull people around you who will be honest with you, who will tell you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear. And uh, the knowledge and advice you can get to people that have been down the road before you is, is just invaluable. You know, learn from them, learn from their successes and their mistakes. You know, we all make our own mistakes, but hopefully there'll be new ones. And then someday we can pass that experience on to others. Absolutely. And I love that entire concept. So when you approach photographing a car, how do you use that curiosity? And and that's a great word when you decide what the shot's going to be for a vehicle. When I walk around the car, I just, I look at it and I try to imagine what the designer was thinking when he was sketching these lines out. You know, at some point, there was a guy with a pencil and paper putting these putting these wonderful lines out and creating this art. Mm-hmm. So I really look at that, and then I try to find the unexpected if possible and try to highlight and bring out lines that you don't necessarily see all the time. Mm. Well, you do it really, really well. And what I like about your photography in many ways is the approach to the detail. Most people look at a car, they shoot the entire car, but you really hone in on specific parts of the vehicle. And then that use of lighting, the very dark lighting in the backgrounds with the highlights shining through. Uh, I would imagine that the designers of these cars smile when they look at your photographs of their cars because you're <laughs> you're picking up on those little nuances. So really, really nice work. Now, let's go back in time. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion. Is there a pivotal moment when you look back in your life that you knew you were indeed a car guy? Um, It kind of comes in two parts. Uh, The first part was back when I was about seven years old living in uh, Dallas, Texas. I was out playing with some friends, and we were running down the sidewalk. And then I went past this car, and I just had to stop and look at it. And it was a 63 split-window Corvette Stingray. (laughs) Oh, that'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, that was kind of my first experience with a car and car design. I hadn't really been aware of cars before that moment. And, you know, I just stood there, and I just kind of took it in, and my friends were off running, so... Then I ran off and kind of forgot about it. But that moment, you know, it's never left me. It was kind of like my first discovery. You know, moving forward, it's kind of that same awe when I get to go view a new car for the first time. And I get to look at the lines and the design. And again, we talked about earlier about thinking about that person who was sketching that with pencil and paper. And that's really what what drives me. Yeah, absolutely. Corvette Stingray, especially the split window, that iconic 63 model. Yeah, that'll stop any little kid or big kid in his track. Very cool. Well, Bill, what I want to do is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down or talk about a career challenge or a career failure even. Of course, the most important part of these things is what we learn from them and how they help us move forward. So take us to a point in time where you met up with one of those great challenges. Kind of walk us through that painful moment and then tell us how you use that experience to gain even more momentum in your career, your life, your business? Okay, well, I've got, there's kind of two here that that do come together in the end. Perfect. Uh, When I was in San Francisco, I had an agency out of Toronto 
contacted me and wanted me to shoot a car shot for him. It was a major Japanese manufacturer, and I had never shot a car in the studio before. I didn't have any automotive work in my portfolio. The art director told me, he says, well, I showed the clients this bottle of Guinness that you photographed, and I turned it sideways, and I showed them this nice highlight, and I said, you know, a car would look really nice with that. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> let's do it. So he came out, and you know, I got off the phone, and it was like, okay, I've never shot a car before. I don't have a studio to shoot a car in. So doing photography is all about problem solving. Mm -hmm. So I got my um, sketch paper out and I just started sketching how I wanted to, to light the car and how I wanted to, to look. You know, I didn't have the equipment to, to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So I made all of the equipment, made all the lighting and the scrims and the big light box to to accomplish the type of lighting lighting that I wanted. So then the client came out, we shot it, they were they were happy and it was it was very productive. And so, you know, that was that was a big challenge back at that time. Mm -hmm. And then the the second part of this is, you know, I don't really see failure as a problem. You know, I think it's just a step along the way. You know, it's it's not easy and it, and it's and it's challenging. So the challenge for me was after I had stepped out of advertising photography, I did some motion graphic work for a while, but I really loved photography and I wanted to get back to that. And I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I get back into photography? How can I do it the way that I want to do it? And what's that going to be? And it took me about a year to go through that process of just really you know, kind of soul searching and, and figuring that out. And that that was a really hard period hmm. uh, to go through. And I didn't share it with anybody. I just kind of went on and did my thing. But um, once I got all the pieces together in my mind, and I spent a lot of time with my sketchbook working things out, once the decision was made, it was like the pressure lifted. And now it's just a matter of putting it into action. Yeah. But then the question comes up, say, okay, now how do we do that? <laughs> yeah. So I m m mentioned earlier about my, you know, how I like to diagram uh, my lighting on paper. So I started thinking about how I wanted to approach cars, what I loved about cars, and what, what interested me. And I understood how light uh, behaved and responded with different surfaces. And so I took about six months, you know, just going through trial and error and figuring out what lighting would work. And, you know, I knew from my past experience that going the big box lighting route wasn't going to work for what I wanted to do because I had spent years and years of lugging tons of equipment around oh. the country <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and, you know, it was taking days to set up and having an army of assistants and all of that. And I didn't want to do that again. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it to be something that my lighting kit could just travel easy, but allow me to do big lighting and have a lot of control on it. Yeah. So it took, it took about six months to f figure that out. And I got it down to where I have two bags that fit under the weight limit uh, for the airlines and that will um, go through the check-in. And, uh, you know, these days that's no, that's no small. Feat. No, no, they made it very <laughs> difficult. Yeah. So, um, so my lighting Kit's very small, and but it gives me a tremendous amount of control. Yeah, you know, it's a great story, and I think my takeaway here, and I wanted to touch on this a little bit, that year that you took to try to find yourself, if if I right. may say it that way, a lot of people go through that. Some people go through it their entire life. They've got one career, but they just don't like what they're doing. But it's it's doing paying the bills or maybe paying more than the bills and maybe even paying for a lot of good cool stuff, but it's not what they like. So 
What's your takeaway from that year off of finding yourself to maybe help people out there that are going through the same kind of things? What are some of the tips and tricks and techniques you use to be able to hone in on what that was for you? Uh, just figuring out what really, what I got excited about, you know, what got me up in the morning excited and, and wanting to, um, you know, see what the day would bring. It's, but it's hard. I mean, you go through a lot of lot of that period of time where um, you're not, you know, you kind of question yourself and you question what your um, whether or not your idea is right or not. But mm-hmm. it, thinking it through and working out all the details, uh, really before I even shared it with my wife, what was going on, that made a lot of difference because I could sort it out and I didn't have to present it before it was ready. Okay. I guess. Yeah. yeah, you're one of those guys that wants to cross all the T's and dot all the I's before you present what you're doing. So uh, that's a, a very akin to a lot of artists, photographers, painters, people that follow that kind of concept in life. So, well, thanks for taking us to a, a challenging time. I'm so happy that you kind of worked through that and landed where you did because that way we all get to enjoy your, your creativity. <laughs> Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment. And I, I may be assuming here, but that aha moment where you transitioned from commercial photography, art direction, that kind of thing, to focusing just on cars may be your aha moment. But kind of take us to that point in time and tell us about it. Okay. Well, you're right. When I when I made that transition, that, that was a moment. But the moment for me was when I had the validation that it was going to work. Hmm. So I made the decision about what I was going to do. I didn't have any cars, didn't have a place to shoot cars. I didn't have my lighting. I knew what I wanted my lighting to do, but I was still putting the pieces together. So I started going to a local car show called Caffeine and Octane here in the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. And that thing has grown huge now. Well, in our pre-show chat, you were telling me thousands of cars show up for this thing. Yeah, it's about 2,500 cars and about 10,000 people come through. So it's just it's just become uh, phenomenal. Yeah. And it's uh, it's a great it's a great source to go look at a lot of cars. But when I first started going to it, there's about 300 cars that would show up. And I went up and there was a Beck Spider, 550 Spider, that, that caught my eye. And I just thought that car was just beautiful. And so I started a conversation with the owner and we were talking about his car. And uh, his name was uh, Ray. And Ray and I be- have become good friends over the time. Nice. It took about three months to um, to get him to come bring the car out to a to a friend's warehouse that I had had to be able to to shoot in. And so he brought the car out. And this was the first time I had tried it with any other cars other than than my own. And, you know, the first time you do an exposure, especially the way I do it, you know, it's not always the one that's right on. It's a, it's a process and a building process. But um, Ray saw the image when he came up and just to see the expression and his eyes light up. And he's like, that's my car. He was just <laughs> all excited. And, you know, it was that moment there that told me everything that I needed to know, oh, that nice. that I was on the right path, that this was going to work. And then from from there on out, I've had the opportunity with made a lot of connections through people at Caffeine and Octane. One of them is Chuck Beck, who shows up there often and uh, photographed out at his garage and many of his cars. And uh, that's that's really where it started. It took about a year or so just photographing cars and building my portfolio before I 
took it out from there. Yeah, very cool. Well, Chuck's been a guest here on the show. My regular listeners know that I used to own a Beck Spider. It was a great, fun little car. And Chuck is such a character. And the guy's just been, he's an <laughs> icon, you know, when it comes to these cars that he builds. It kind of warms my heart because of 550. I've got to have you send me some of those images so I can uh, enjoy them because I'd love to see how you interpreted the 550. It's such a beautiful car to shoot anyway. So great story. How about a proudest career moment? I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular you would share with us? Yeah, I think, you know, it's going to seem a little subdued in a way. But a couple weeks ago, my wife and I were meeting with um, uh, the designers who have been working on a prototype book for me. And we had the first prototype book there, and we were going through all the images. It's about 330 pages of of images and wow. Lionel did a great job uh, doing the design. You know, it's hard for designers always to kind of keep out of it, but he kept it very simple and straightforward. And just going through and looking at at the book, and there was just this moment of like, okay, this is real now. This yeah. is this yeah. is coming to fruition. This is now tangible. And so, I, you know, it was like the the dream of years ago was was now real. I know what you're talking about. I've had many guests on the show here and many photographers on the show as well. And some of them who have put all and painters, I should say, who've put all their their work together in one place and created a book. And sometimes it's a little bit overwhelming because they stop and go, whoa, this is a lot of work. And right. it's like I worked at a, a company where we produce a catalog and we did 17 to 20 catalog covers a year. And I was responsible for sourcing the cars, uh, art directing all the photo shoots, d- designing those. How do we incorporate product and so forth? And we finally did a big wall of a bunch of our covers. And I was remember the same feeling, standing there looking at all this going, man, all the memories with all these covers and the owners of the cars and the cars and how we're going to shoot them. And we're gonna, yeah, it, it starts to kind of overwhelm you a little bit because it's like, that's a big chunk of my life sitting right there. So when will your book be coming out? Well, you know, still working those details out. I'm looking at a couple options, whether uh, – pursuing a publisher or self-publishing and figuring out the distribution and everything. Mm -hmm. So that's in the works right now. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, after we're done with the show here, we should chat a little bit. I've talked to a lot of people who've gone through that same decision-making process, and I think I can connect you with some uh, people that have been there, done that, so you don't have to go through those painful learning curves and uh, head down the right path. So we'll make sure that uh, we help you out with that, okay? Excellent. Awesome. Well, let's have a little bit of fun. What was your first really special car? And maybe share a memory you have with that vehicle. Well, you know, um, I think the first one really wasn't a car. It was a motorcycle. Oh, cool. Back when I was in uh, going to school in Santa Barbara, I bought a 1981 750 Honda Nighthawk. Nothing, nothing real special, but... There was just something about being on a bike, especially in Southern California. Oh, yeah, Santa Barbara, beautiful. Oh, and, you know, just the freedom that comes with that. And my wife loved to ride. And so we met, had about seven different couples where every Saturday morning we'd meet up down at the base of San Marcos Pass and we'd all get together and, and cruise over the pass over into San Ynez Valley and just cruise around all day long yeah. and all up and down the Pacific Coast Highway. You know, it's just the friendships that we made during that time. And we still have those friends even even today after all these years. So wow. I think that's probably the, the first vehicle or mode of transportation that, <laughs> yeah. that had a real soft spot in my heart. Ah, uh, what a nice place to have a bike for sure. How about Seller's Remorse? Is there a vehicle you've sold in your past that you really wish you had back? 
Yeah, you know, the first one, I'd probably go back to that uh, tonight, that Nighthawk. When I finished school, I uh, went out to Dallas, Texas, and uh, to assist a photographer named Chuck Unersee, and he did a lot of big, large set people type of work. But I tell you, the drivers in Texas are insane. <laughs> and I was out one day, and I about got hit twice in one day. So yeah. I brought the bike home, put the for sale side on it, and never rode again. Sure miss it, though, and, the, and those were special times when I had that in Santa Barbara. Yeah, it's gotten crazy. I rode bikes for a while. I had a beautiful Envy Agusta F4 and a Ducati Monster. And every time I rode, it was like people were trying to kill me. I don't know what it was. I think it's all the distraction these days with cell phones and all the electronic devices and cars. But yeah, it, it just got to a point where it was ridiculous. And I could go out to country roads and things. And of course, you had to dodge deer and all sorts of stuff out there. But yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a tough thing riding a bike these days. I understand completely. Well, I've got uh, I got one more here to tell you. About. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. This this is more about the one the one that got away, and this was back in the early '90s when we were in San Francisco. And I guess at that time, I kind of we kind of fell under the yuppie term, but more uh, more accurately, it was, we were dinks. You know, dual incomes, no kids. Been there, been that. <laughs> yeah. So Luann and I were. We're looking at this Austin Healy bug-eyed Sprite at, at this um, classic car dealership on Van Ness. And we'd gone back several times, and we were getting ready to um, buy it. And then that week, uh, we found out we were expecting our first child. Uh -oh. So we quickly moved from the bug-eyed Sprite to a Ford Explorer and uh, <laughs> uh -oh. went into a new chapter of life, and we were dinks no more. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah, those children, uh, they are wonderful, but they do change your priorities <laughs> for sure. So I understand 100%. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What are you working on right now that has you really excited and fired up? Well, um, I mentioned a little earlier about this coffee table book that I'm doing, mm -hmm. and I'm really excited about that. I just could be more excited about how yeah. how the design on that has turned out. And, you know, I love doing the private commissions and working with owners and, you know, creating art of their treasures and uh, both of those things are just very exciting. Absolutely. So if, if uh, I was a, a collector or if even I had just one very cool car, I could call you. You could come out to wherever I am, shoot the car for me, create some beautiful images. And then is your work also available on your website where people can buy prints of things you've done? It is. I have um, you know limited edition prints and then unlimited edition. Awesome. So um, so absolutely fantastic. And I'll remind our listeners again. I'll put a link to uh, Bill's website on his show notes page here at the Cars Yeah website. All right, here's a very introspective question for you, Bill. If you were a car, what kind of car would Bill be, and why? <laughs> well, um, I tend to be kind of a quiet guy when you first meet me. And so it would be a car that you kind of spend a little bit of time with to appreciate, a little bit understated. Okay. And you may, you may not get it all at the first time, but I was out photographing a um, 1959 Volkswagen Carmen Ghia. It had a red body with a black hard top with a, a Denzel race engine. And, you know, it's kind of an understated car and kind of has a quiet power to it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Those hold a special place for me. I, I had a Gia when I was in high school and it was my poor man's Porsche. Love that car, restored it and kind of built up the engine, did some cool things to it and, and took me through high school and a couple years of college. So, uh, yeah, I love those cars. They're just, they're absolutely beautiful. Hard to find nice ones these days because a lot of them rusted away, but I like that. You put some thought to that. I appreciate it. Well, Bill, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. 
Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, Thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Bill, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? <laughs> well, for me, it's it's knowing a good mechanic because when you open <laughs> up the hood, I'm kind of lost when it goes down there, but I can create some pretty cool lighting with them though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, having a great mechanic is key. Absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? I think it's always to be a curious and not afraid to fail and and to know that the road will turn out differently than you thought. An example of that, when I was ready to put my work out to the world, I went to Instagram and put it on, on there. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that, was, that was kind of scary. I had not used Instagram before, but it turned out to be a, a great tool to validate that my approach and the quality of my quality of my work was being received. Yeah. And it was actually through Instagram that I connected with uh, Bradley Farrow. At the time, he was with the Kino Brothers auction. Oh, yeah. And so then he started the finest automobile auctions. And my business plan didn't include working for an auction company. But as we talked, his vision and my vision for presenting cars were, were very similar. And so I committed a year to it, and it was a wonderful experience and met wonderful people and connections because of taking a chance on something that wasn't in my overall business plan. Yeah, you know, this is great. Instagram 
Instagram. I love it. Um, we'll make sure we put a link to your Instagram page. I have one here for Cargier where I put a lot of my photography up as well. But Instagram has really come a long way. They've got some cool, unique features. They just launched a new one where you can put multiple images on one post now. They've got a little video format. So Instagram is a really great one. I think putting yourself out there, that's that step of uh, exposing yourself and saying, here I am, world. What do you think? And uh, yeah, it's a wonderful platform and it's free, even better. So gosh, do it, folks. If you have something you want to present out there, just put it out there. You never know where that little uh, connection may take you. Now, how about resources? We talked about Instagram, which is a great resource, but is there another great resource you'd like to share? You know, if you're in the Atlanta area, there's there's a couple of them. One is um, a guy named uh, Skip Smith. He has a um, company called Classic Auto Smith, and you can find him at classicautosmith.com. And Skip's like a walking encyclopedia about cars. I mean, I go over there and just he'll talk to me about cars and educate me since I kind of came into the car game late. And Skip was a guy that I met at again at Caffeine and Octane, and he um he'd let me come in at night when he would lock up the shop at six o'clock and let me shoot all through the night with the different cars that he had there how fun and (laughs) yeah so it was a it was a great um you know skip's a great guy and a great resource uh to get to know absolutely sounds like he'd be a great guest here for cars yeah you'll have to connect us that'd be fantastic now if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field bill living or deceased who would it be you know it'd be urkel spada I've just finished reading a book about him, and he had this dream of what he wanted to do and didn't own a car, didn't have, didn't know, you know, able to get in and understand cars except for what he would read. Mm -hmm. And then when he started working with uh, Zagato, he didn't know how to draw his images full scale, but he told him he could, that he could do it one-to-one, and he just got in there, and he figured it out <laughs> and, and made it work and just took his passion and has produced some amazing works over the years. Yeah, well, that's the first time that name has come up, so very, very unique uh, request on your end from uh, having a nice drink with him. That'd be fantastic. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you'd like to share with the Car Show listeners? Well, it's it's actually a magazine. It's a mm-hmm. uh, Triple Zero Magazine, and you can find that at triplezeromagazine.com. And Pete Stout was a friend of mine back from Santa Barbara days, and Pete started out at Excellence Magazine, and then he is the editor at Panorama Magazine, and now he has stepped out and launched his own magazine that is just strictly for, for Porsche lovers. Their inaugural edition just came out the first of the year, and it is absolutely beautiful. Pete just does amazing work. Yeah, I'm familiar with Pete. I've been trying to get him on this show forever. He's a little bit of a quiet guy, and I'm going to get him eventually, so I'm going to have you call him and say, Come on, buddy. We talked about you on Mark's show. You got to go on his show and promote what you're doing. I'm a subscriber to that new publication. I got the first one. It's absolutely beautiful. It's one of those. It's not a, I wouldn't even call it a magazine. It's a work of art. Right. It's something right. you, you would never throw away. I'm looking forward. Right. I saw that the, uh, the next edition just came off the press. So that'll be coming out soon. So I'll put a link to that on Bill's show notes page for you folks that don't know what we're talking about. It's absolutely spectacular. Focus is on Porsches primarily, but, uh, you'll just love the imagery, the design and this thing's thick. It's like almost an inch thick. It's a huge, huge book. So very nice resources. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources on Bill's show notes page at carsyeah.com slash Bill Pack. Just type Bill in the search bar and that page will pop right up. All right. We are up to the checkered flag, Bill. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. 
If you could have only one really cool collector car in your garage, but money's no object, I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like today. So pick anything in the world. What would it be and why? Okay. Well, it would be a 1966 Alfa Romeo Julia Sprint Special. There's just something about that car, the lines on it. You know, it just makes me happy when I look at it. It's just (laughs) got, got a little quirky design, but I just love it. Have you shot one of those? I have. That's probably one of my cars that I keep going back to all the time because it's just it's just so refreshing. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Well, uh, one of my past guests, uh, Keith Martin, of course, Sports Car Market Magazine's uh, editor and founder, uh, loves Alphas, and I'm sure he's smiling right now uh, that you chose that car. Yeah, that car is it's a really cool car because it's kind of – I look at that car and I think of a bullet. Yes. You know, it's just <laughs> – it's got this sleek front thing and this kind of – the back end's almost awkward, but it's not. It's just – yeah, I'm not sure what it is about – there's just some really, really cool stuff about that car and ah, so beautiful. It was a Bertone-bodied car, of course, and uh, I think as uh, Gaglione was the designer of that car. So, uh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful car. Nice choice. What color would you like yours to be? Well, I'm kind of partial to the blue that I photographed for a client, and that just – you know, even set it apart a little bit more. It yeah. was it was a very unique blue. Yeah, sounds nice. Great. I'll start searching for you, all right? Great car, great car. <laughs> well, Bill, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed learning more about you, and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you head off into the sunset in that Alfa Romeo Giulia Sprint Speciale? <laughs> You know, no matter what phase you are in your career, you know, just be curious. Force yourself to look at what you're doing from a different perspective. It's very easy to get comfortable in doing things the way you've always done it. And my mentor always told me, you know, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. And nothing remains the same. Absolutely. Great advice. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and see some of this beautiful photography that you shoot? Well, you can go to my website at v12enterprises.com, but uh, the one that gets the most updates on it is Instagram at v12enterprises, Okay, and Facebook is just v12enterprises. Awesome. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to these resources at carsyad.com on Bill's show notes page. Follow along with what he's doing. I think you're going to love the photography that Bill snaps, uh, some really wonderful imagery. Uh, you can go and follow him on Facebook and Instagram, of course, and check out the website, too. Just beautiful, beautiful pictures. Bill, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yow listeners and me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Okay. Hey, thanks again, Mark. This was great. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. 
Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!